Freedom of speech. I thought that's part and parcel of what we have in the United States. Well, most of the time. But here's something goofy, right? You have Tim Allen doing a Christmas special. It's not the miracle on 34th Street, you know, about Macy's Herald and Santa Claus, Chris Kringle, and all that. Although that's another thing. They call them Chris Kringle, not Santa Claus or Saint Santa Claus, because he is a saint in the Italian version of the Roman Catholic Church. We'll save that for another argument. But Tim Allen says, hey, man, they don't even let you say Merry Christmas any longer, which is true in some places. It's considered offensive because it's Christ Mass. So it used to be when I was a kid growing up in the 60s and 70s, they started this. People who were not Christian, didn't believe in Christ, all of a sudden said, X miss sales. To be walking through uh, Macy's and would say, X miss sales. And that was supposed to be Christmas. I mean, let's face it, it didn't look like Christmas, but hey, Xmas, as long as you were going to get presents and not coal and wood in your stocking stuff, or that's all you really cared about as a kid. So this goes way, way back. Non-Christians didn't want it called Christ Mass, because it's all about the birth of Jesus Christ. Remember, there was no room in the inn, so Mary and Joseph had to Deliver Jesus out in the manger, immaculate conception, the whole nine yards, the three kings come from Persia, myrrh, and other presents. You know that story. But there are a lot of people in the world, most of the world doesn't believe in that. They think it's fantasy, not reality. So just think of it as fantasy. Merry Christmas. Oh, and all of a sudden the Trigliadites came out. Tim Allen said this. He's always leaned towards a Republican conservative value system, which is uh, rare in Hollywood. So naturally, they're beating him up on this. But hey, if you don't like it, then make a different movie. You could call it Xmas. Maybe say it was in honor of Malcolm X. Say, you know, if you join the Nation of Islam, Squee Louis Farrakhan says everybody must have an X at the end of their name. I don't know. This is so ridiculous. The fact is, is this year, Less people are going to have toys to give away for Christmas because of the inflation. And just like in the business of groceries, they've shrunk the toys. So you're still paying the same amount of moolah moolah. You're just getting a smaller version of Barbie and all her knockoffs and the Ken dolls and Ford Apache and whatever other Christmas presents you're buying for the kids. And even the little red wagon has been shrunk so that there are less materials in there. So look, Merry Christmas, Merry Xmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, go hug a tree, go kiss a frog, go kiss the Blarney Stone and chase, uh, chase the little leprechauns and find a pot of gold. Who the hell cares? Just enjoy yourself. It's the one time of the year that people actually are trying to get along, even in war. In the midst of war, World War I, killing millions of people on both sides. The Brits, the French on one side, the Germans on the other side. They took Christmas off, sang Christmas carols, and sang with one another. And then they went back to killing one another. But naturally, they want to ruin Christmas too, you Chagliadites. Ah, you almost knew it was too good to be true. Fifa, fee, fi, fo, fum, I smell a group of corrupt men.
This is always what Pfeiffer does. They get wined, dined, and pocket-lined. Whether they're third-world country reps, first-world country reps, it's probably the, no, let's say it is the most corrupt authority in the world. Now, Qatar made the top bid. Qatar doesn't even have a competitive soccer team. Qatar said, guess what? If you let us have the FIFA World Cup championship, we will make sure that we have an open society for the weeks that it takes place. We will not discriminate against gays and lesbians because typical, we chop their heads off. We will let people be decadent and debaucherous where they stay as they have parties galore because so many foreigners will be coming in to enjoy the fight for proceedings. Personally, I hate soccer with a passion. Let me tell you something. That fake, phony, fraudulent football they spell with a U. Kickball, kickball, kickball. Should be American smash mouth football, but the world doesn't agree with me. Now, one thing that we know is common in the fake football, soccer spelled with a U, and American smash mouth football is beer. Now, the Qatarians, strange group with their schmatas on their head, they make their billions of dollars from natural gas and oil. They have the largest American Air Force base in the Middle East and the Persian Gulf, but it's also where the Taliban are. That's right. They actually have their diplomatic headquarters uh, throughout the world, right in Qatar. They'll take the money wherever it comes. So now, at the last second, you got people from England, Germany coming in, the Dutch Folks from Wales, they live to drink beer, never mind everyone else. So they turn the spigots off. So watch, Qatar has had to spend so much money whining, dining, and pocket lining the corrupt FIFA officials. Now they want kickbacks from all the beer companies that have already transported all their beer there. That's all this is going to be. Eventually, all the soccer fans, the soccer yobs, as they're called, will end up punching each other out. They'll be drunk as skunks. And the Qatarians, the few that there are, because there's almost like no Qatarians. They're all Palestinians who do the work for them like Mexicans do it for us in America. They'll all get drunk. They'll see the United States play Wales instead of Ukraine, which got knocked out by Wales. Everyone upset about that. They'll see the U.S. play Iran. The U.S. is ranked 16th. They're trying to brainwash us into thinking, yeah, there's football, there's baseball, there's basketball and soccer. Forget the soccer. But the fact is, half the world will stop in their tracks wherever they are and watch Qatar, a fake country with folks wearing fake schmatas on their head who prescribe one way of living. And then the moment they visit the West, they got no schmatas on their head. They got the knockoff Armani's. They're chasing trim. And they're knocking back Hennessy's and doing lines of cocaine. That's the way it is in Qatar. Enjoy your soccer because I hate it. Every day, the world's richest guy, at least depending on how much he invested in bitcoins. That's right. Elon Musk promoted investment in bitcoins and then cashed out. One of the smarter things he did. But he was one of the first on the cutting edge with bitcoins, the crypto Ponzi scammers, and the blockchain criminals. But he got out of that. Got out of that. Then he invested $44 billion, maybe more, in order to purchase Twitter. Naturally, there was a house revolt to the barricades. All the Twitterites who work for Twitter. 
And then he came in, remember, he was carrying this thing to the international headquarters in uh, San Francisco. He said, no more free food for the employees. You got to buy your own food. He started chopping the staff right in half. And, you know, when all is said and done, can the world survive without Twitter? Of course it can. So few people actually use it. When you think there are so many other ways to get your information, so many social network platforms, and if Twitter would have suddenly collapsed, which it looks like it's going to do, unless Elon Musk just wants to fund it until his own personal fiscal collapse, go ahead, knock you out, knock yourself out, Elon Musk. But the world survives without Twitter. Why all of a sudden is everybody so bent out of shape? Tesla is starting to sink in terms of its stock portfolio. Twitter is a big burden around Elon Musk. He's not an American. He's a foreigner from South Africa. So do us a solid Elon Musk. You flip, you flop, you pivot, you shift, you're all over the place. Go back to Cape Town in South Africa, your country of origin, and enjoy your billions of dollars. I'm just tired of seeing you whining, moaning, groaning, and complaining. You bought Twitter. You wanted it. You got it. You knew it was a hot mess. You knew it wasn't profitable. So go ahead, gouge it out. Strip it down to its basic components. Do what Carl Icahn used to do, which was buy a company, then strip it down and get rid of it. But you know something? I'm tired of hearing about Twitter because guess what? We'll survive without twits like you, Elon Musk, and we'll survive without Twitter. Oh, unfortunately, bad news from NBC, the nincompoop broadcasting company, about a beloved figure, Al Roker. You know, Al Roker's had his problems physically ever since he got that first liposuction, and then he had other remedies, the gastric operation in order to limit his weight gain. And as you can see, uh, he shrunk. Not as much as Al Slim Shady Sharpton. He doesn't look like a bobblehead doll. But... Al Roker lost a hell of a lot of weight. So he's had his ups and downs, his physical problems. The blood clots hopefully will not become a permanent problem. They'll probably put in some stents. It'll be nice to have him back for the annual Thanksgiving Day Parade that is sponsored by Macy's and actually filmed by NBC. It's like part of our American tradition, and Al Roker is. But tell you a little background on Al Roker. When he was younger, Al Roker spent some of his years living in the Bayview Housing Projects in Canarsie off exit 13, the Bell Parkway. At that time, there was Howard Schultz, who ended up becoming the CEO of Starbucks, and a whole bunch of others who uh, came from nowhere and became somebody, Al Roker being one of them. Al Roker told me the story on air here at WABC years ago when I interviewed him. I forget which of the many shows I was doing at that time. But he said, Curtis, I went to Xavier High School, the Jesuit High School on 14th Street and 6th Avenue. I would leave the Bayview Projects and I would walk to Rockaway Parkway to catch, at that time, the LL train, which stood for Lousy Line, before the hipsters and millennials uh, uh, basically colonized North Brooklyn and now Central Brooklyn. So now it's the L train, it's the Hipster Express. But back then, it almost never ran, plagued with problems. Al Roker's problem wasn't on the L train. Al Roker's problem was walking down Rockaway Parkway through a sea of supreme cool jeans who hated blacks. 
And they come at him with bats and chains and all kinds of objects. So he'd have to run through the gamut. He'd have to run through a phalanx of Supreme Cool Sheens. He'd make it to Rockaway Park, right? Catch the L train. He'd be sitting there minding his own P's and Q's on his way to 14th Avenue, 6th, excuse me, 6th Avenue, 14th Street to go to Xavier, the Jesuit High School. Three days a week they had to wear their cadet grays. This is in the middle of the Vietnam War. He'd be riding, and then the moment he got into the Lower East Side, like 1st Avenue stop, 3rd Avenue stop, 14th Street, Union Square, a lot of hipsters and anti-war activists would get on, and they'd be screaming at him, you baby killer, you just came from Vietnam, you baby killer. And he said, no, I'm just a cadet, you know, I'm not in the military, I have to wear the, the, the grays, you know, to go to Xavier High School, the Jesuit High School. They'd spit at him, they'd throw stuff at him. So damned if he did, damned if he didn't. Poor Al Roker, when he was going to Xavier High School, attacked by the Supreme Cool Jeans almost every day on his way to the LL train, lousy line at Rockaway Parkway. All along Rockaway Parkway, bang. He had to sort of run the gauntlet. And then he's sitting there minding his own business. Three of the five days a week he would go to school where at Xavier they required you to wear the grades of the cadet. And people would think he was just back from Vietnam, and they were calling him baby killer in the middle of the Vietnam War. We're talking about 69-70. So we wish the best for our work, our Roker. He grew up in the projects, eventually Southeast Queens. He's become a household iconic figure. And let's just hope they put enough stents in him to block the blood clots so that we can have our Al Roker back for the Tom Turkey Thanksgiving Day Parade, Macy's Famous, that NBC always broadcasts.